the UFO round table. The UFO thinker in pursuit of the paranormal podcasts. Okay, so welcome back to the monthly roundup round table slash festive edition, end of year edition type thing with myself, uh, Frank, uh, UFO Thinker Podcast, part of the Colin Beans Cab Network. We also have Ash from Pursuit of the Paranormal Podcast and UFO Identified UK, the UK's the UK's premier UFO group. How are you, how are you doing? Ash? That's the one. <laughs> that's the one. That's the one. Uh, I'm I'm good. Merry Christmas, uh, Frank. How are you? How are you? how how. Oh, yeah, good Christmas. Uh, very good, thanks. Very, very hectic indeed in my household with uh, little ones running around screaming and, you know, climbing up the Christmas tree <laughs> and doing all kinds of uh, craziness. But all, all in all, uh, very good indeed. Um, and we also have the ghost of UFOs present himself, the, <laughs> the crypto enthusiast and font of UFO knowledge, the inimitable Dave Smethurst. How you doing, mate? In, inimitable. I love that, Frank. Yeah, I'm doing great, mate. I, I, had, a, I had a nice Christmas, nice chilled Christmas. Watched that film with uh, Julia Roberts in it last night. Oh, it's on, I can't remember what it's called. Like uh, Lead the Well Behind. Yeah, it's absolutely excellent. I recommend everybody watch it. It's really good. It's like a sort of, apocalypse sort of starting thing were very interesting uh, so i watched that last night it's very good but yeah i had a really nice crisp nice and chilled family round just talking really good and i had a drink which i don't normally do not much but for me it was quite a bit so yeah great and you two guys sound like you've had a decent one yeah not bad i'll tell you what dave it's a bit of a weird synchronicity i myself also had a drink last night and i watched the same film last night as well so there we we go and i found it very good very Very enjoyable probably uh, partly as a result of the beverage which i consumed um (laughs) but yeah very good i had a i had an an old-fashioned uh cocktail i don't know if you've ever uh, tried one of those but um it's become a bit of a festive beverage of choice over the last few years (laughs) what were you on dave I had uh, Jack Daniels and Coke and then a Peroni. I was Don Peroni. Ah, excellent. <laughs> S- sounds good. But, well, you can't see right now because my camera's not working. Um, uh, the listeners won't be able to see anyway. But I'm currently drinking a Corona, a bottle of Corona. So oh, keeping the festive vibes going. Oh, dear. Oh. I hope you'd be all right to... Uh... For, to produce the show, Frank. I don't know if I like the sound of that. <laughs> well, it's, it's the one and only Corona of the evening so far, so I think we'll be all right. But uh, we'll see how the evening Professionals there, boy. Professionals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Have I, shown you this? Have I shown you this wine before? Oh, no. What's this here, then? Oh, very it, nice. It's a, fami- it's a family pairing. It's called Close Encounters Chateauneuf du Pape. Ah, very nice. It's, it's a French wine. I don't, I don't drink wine. I just have it just on my, my display. Um, but it's based around an actual bylaw in the region of France in 1954. The mayor actually made it a law that UFOs weren't allowed to land in the wine yards, in the vineyards. Right. Um, and it's an actual law in France. Wow. Bylaw. That's brilliant. Um, and no one's ever broken that law, so it's been working. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, but yeah, that's still a, still a law today. Chateau Neuf de Papier, very nice. Oh, excellent. Well, there we go. We've we've all learned something there this evening. What's it called again, <laughs> the place where they have that law? Is it a sp- uh, it specific is town? The Vineyards of Chateau Neuf de Papier. 
Oh, so it's the it's the entire area then. Oh, so right. Like, well, I'll have to put it on my list of places to visit then, and uh, we'll see what see what the situation is down there. <laughs> it's got a nice UFO on the label, like yeah. shooting. Very <laughs> good. Well, one to check out. So, obviously, for this episode, um, as we did with last year's one, uh, I thought we could go back and think about some of the the big events of the year, two thousand and twenty three, and look ahead to see uh, what we think might happen in 2024. Um, and obviously, you know, for, for this one, for, for 2023, fair to say that a lot's happened this year. Um, I actually went back earlier on and I'd listened to last year's episode. I just kind of skimmed through and, and reminded myself what we were talking about. Um, and it was it's quite interesting, really, listening back to it. Um, first of all, it's flown by this year. Um, but remembering kind of the the speculation of, of what may be to come and you know certain things were, were pretty pretty accurate in what we were talking about funnily enough there was also the uh, discussion of the the Wisconsin lights this time last year which was uh you know there was a ufo case and, and all the rest of it that was kind of getting a lot of traction online people discussing it and i think it's safe to say that it essentially ended up being most likely to be somebody's really intense christmas lights display it's pretty funny when you look back on it um i don't think that case really stood the test of time as, as one of the greats but you know it's always interesting to look into these things uh but that one yeah particularly funny with it being a christmas uh you know christmas lights display at this time of year but one of the the really big things that we uh, w- w- which we were mentioning on that show um, almost exactly a year ago was you know the talk of of rumours of somebody with a, a big story looking to come forward in in the coming months, as we said at the time. And uh, I think it's definitely safe to say that that one really did come to fruition. Uh, Dave Grush stepped forward, and you know as as we now know. Uh, various people who knew Dave Grush before he went public uh, obviously have been discussing the possibility of him coming forward and whatnot, and, and some of that kind of word spread. Um, and it was one of those um, scenarios where the word on the grapevine, you know, it's proved accurate uh, in this particular case. In some ways, part of the problem was that the grapevine actually gave away a little bit too much, and um, there's been discussion about how you know some of the information kind of came out, you know, before Grush stepped forward, um, and it kind of actually put a little bit of pressure on Grush to come forward quicker and in perhaps a different way to what he'd originally planned. Uh, I think the main point on this is that Grush, you know, did indeed come forward, someone with that verifiable glowing record of military service and a long-term intelligence officer whose actual job it was to investigate what was really going on with UFOs from the inside with that high-level clearance and access and whatnot, you know, basically acting on behalf of, of the people um, to satisfy the the you know curiosity and the, the demand for answers to those questions with the backing of Congress. And and that's that's what Dave Grush was doing. You know, it's fascinating, isn't it, when you actually think about it, especially now a little bit down the line from when he first came out. I think, you know, that is basically, you know, the the individual who came forward to basically the world's public, you know, specifically to the American people, but obviously the shockwaves kind of went around the world to say that his you know, several year investigation, having interviewed over 40 background checked individuals, all pointed to one conclusion, that the US government is in possession of, as he says, double digit numbers of non-human craft, you know, technology, uh, including partially intact and fully intact craft of non-human origin. And uh, in, in addition to that, some of these craft had pilots 
you know, biologics, as he refers to them, and Grush has, has brought individuals to actually brief Congress people about their involvement in that uh, biological analysis of, of the biological material. And also the details of the secrecy around these programs, you know, set up to, to store the material and reverse engineer whatever this technology is, including the illegal funding structures and avoidance or alleged avoidance of the, the proper oversight and uh, an astonishing, really, amount of reprisals against anybody who dares to speak out, including intimidation, harassment, and even murders alleged to have taken place to maintain secrecy on this issue. Obviously, a lot of which was already kind of in the, you know, the UFO law, but it's really been fascinating to see this sort of confirmed essentially by somebody who's who's been in Grush's uh, position so since then we've had Grush on major news channels in newspapers across the world and even recently on Joe Rogan one of the biggest if not the biggest podcast in the world doesn't get much bigger than that really does it you know sort of thinking about it and, and what's actually played out it's been pretty wild to see how all that's unfolded so what do you reckon about Grush uh, coming forward, Dave, on balance. Now we look back on it and, and and the impact that that's had. Yeah, I mean, that was the real game changer for me. I mean, we started off with a bang, didn't we, with Balloon Gate, and that was a really, that sort of set the ball rolling, really. It was almost, no, it wasn't orchestrated, but it sort of set the scene and catapulted onto the news line. Then we had Kirkpatrick coming out and trying to roll it back a bit and, and, then Grush come out and it all changed for me. I thought it was uh, it was massive. I think I said at the time he sort of collapsed the sort of quantum wave, you know, where that idea of the quantum wave being collapsed, uh, you know, whereby you observe an object and you see it and it comes into being. A bit like that for ufology, but we, we, there was loads of different possibilities out there. It could be. And then he come along and he really confirmed sort of loads of stuff and that was the thing for me uh it was a massive step change it really changed everything and uh we've got this pretty i know we haven't got total but we've got pretty high certainty given on the level of the corroboration from the icig uh intelligence community inspector general on what's been going on with the uap secrecy and so i think there's a bit of a put it's put a bit of a challenge down to the community, the UAP community, and maybe who's commentating, uh, you know, to get off the fence a little bit. I'm not saying people should get off the fence, but it's where our analysis goes. Should we focus more on these things? Because he effectively confirmed a lot of what we what we thought. And, and I also think we maybe should have listened, and it told me we should listen a bit more, given the corroboration of people who were had a certain profile, they were credible, they weren't looking for publicity, but they, were, they worked on pros, they were telling us with things and they've been dismissed really but i think we were wrong to dismiss that many people really. and i think that's another thing for me there's a bit of a profile there so i i thought it was fantastic i thought he'd come forward it really changed the game and i think he's put it on us and we've got more to go at but it come at a high point in july with the public hearings and after that clearly the brakes had gone on it was interesting frank you were saying to me and you i think you proved right but you were worried about there being a bit of a reaction and not everything being glistening, glistening, glistening is not gold as it were and I think it started and the press was shut down very quietly there was a lot of stuff behind the scenes and they waited very patiently 
even though they got a few knocks, you know, the forces of non-disclosure, and they gutted the thing in the, the uh, reconciliation stage of the bill. So the fight, the fight backs on, really, and uh, I thought it was so significant, Gross. The hearings were absolutely credible, which should probably come back to those hearings. But, yeah, uh, I think we've also got, we've also got to realise that not passing the Act was a big, big setback for us. I think a lot of people have tried to jolly it along, and I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's good and it's got something on the statute books, but it is a big setback and we need to recognise it. Now, I think there will be other things which we'll get onto, but yeah, I think we need, we, we need to, I, I think the future was fairly certain last year when we were looking at it because we'd had a lot of leaks. Now going into this year, it's not so certain, but Crush has totally changed the game for me and how we should look at the subject, certainly for me anyway. So yeah, massive. Yeah, definitely. I, I remember um, it was George Knapp talking about the, the fight back and and the, the closer. What was it that he said? The, the closer you get to the the secrets, the the, the more the, the pushback's going to be. Something along those lines. Over the target, yeah, you're over the yeah. target area, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, and and I think it's safe to say that we've we've definitely seen an increase in 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 that kind of pushback. Um, but yeah, just just a crazy crazy thing to happen. I mean, I sort of. Had pretty strong indications when we talked about it last year on the roundtable that it, that it was was going to happen, but I don't think I even anticipated something on this scale. Dave Grush on Joel Rogan was a, a pretty pretty mind blowing, I think, in terms of we're not seeing the impact of that yet. I don't think, but like the mainstream news hasn't really picked up on it as much as I thought maybe they would do when I first saw. Grush coming forward. Don't get me wrong; he's been on news and stuff like that. But you'd think it'd be like the f- the main story on every online news website and you know the front page of every paper. Maybe that's my bias because I'm so interested in this topic. But I don't know. It seems like it should have been a bigger impact in terms of mainstream media. But there's no questioning that the impact that Joe Rogan's podcast is going to have. You know, like the the what 10, 20 million people that listen to that. You know, and I don't think we've stepped, we've really seen the you know, the, the knock-on effect of that in terms of, you know, people getting interested who perhaps weren't before, you know, because there will have been a lot of Congress people listening to that podcast and, uh, you know, thinking, oh, let's go on, let's see what's actually happening with this guy then and let, let's give him a fair crack of the whip kind of thing. And some of them might not be convinced, but, but some may be, and that may well inspire them to really, you know, push for transparency with whatever tools they have available to them. So I think it'll be, that'll be something we'll see continuing to develop you know as time goes along it's like well, i remember getting into this topic you know a lot of it for me was the new york times article and you know lou elizondo coming forward and what ttsa were doing and that kind of really inspired me to get involved and a lot of other people who i speak to now researchers and stuff like that and i think joe rogan and grush coming forward in general and grush going on joe rogan i think it'll inspire a whole new wave you know of, of interest in that area what do you reckon ash yeah, I mean, me and the Grush story, undeniably the biggest kind of event of the year. I was sceptical at first, uh, but the going back to what Dave was talking about, the hearings, and that was just, for me, like a few hours of the best TV I've seen all year, watching that unfold live better than any sports show or <laughs> live sports or anything. It was just incredible. I was rooting, I was cheering. There was punch in the air, some of the replies that Rush was giving. Um, and, I, and as, like I said, I was skeptical at first, but seeing that sort of setting, 
just was just amazing. And you mentioned the media kind of hasn't picked up on it as much. And yeah, I agree because go back to the shoot downs in, in February, that was all over and it seemed to continue for quite a bit afterwards. Whereas with this, isn't isn't the papers kind of immediately afterwards? But since then, it has been quiet. And we, we monitor at UFO Identified all the news in the UK, what's been reported, any sort of UFO stories, anything like that. And it has been quiet, which is a bit, bit, bit sad, a bit of a shame. I think with that, like you say, it should be front page stuff, what he's talking about. Whereas with the shootdowns, that kind of was. And a lot of people, more people seem to be aware of the shootdowns at the Alaska and the other balloons than the of Grush. Whether that's just because it's more more in your face, got pictures and stuff like that, rather than a guy sat in a courtroom, maybe that's why. It's just not as exciting to hear someone talk rather than talking about military shooting someone out of the sky. It's just more um, exotic or something for, for the mainstream. Um, but it is, yeah, yeah, it's just a bit of a shame that it hasn't kind of kept up the sort of media flurry that we saw initially, which is a bit of a, a bit of a shame. Yeah, it's a good point that you know, um, comparing the impact that it like that it had in terms of the mainstream news, the balloons undoubtedly was everywhere, wasn't it? Like the main that was mm. what I would have expected. Like you say, the grush thing to have been, but perhaps mm. perhaps that's what it is. Perhaps it's the you know it's the kind of first of all the immediacy of it. Like, hang on, there's something we don't know what it is, and it's floating right over the, you know, yeah. over a certain city, whatever a city it was. <clears> I can't remember now off the top of my head. And and there was pictures of it that people were taking and posting to social media. And obviously, the actual shoot down itself, um, you know, was there was a video of that, wasn't there? Sort of thing. You could see the jet coming in. I don't know. I've often dismissed photographs and 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 video because like it's too difficult to verify anything. But perhaps that actually speaks to how important a, a significant photograph or a video could be, because that may be the difference there. Like Grush, I've kind of talked about the hearing as like, you know, Godfather Part Three, where it's a lot of court courtroom action. <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't quite get the action that you get in Godfather Parts One and Two. I don't know if you've seen the Godfather movies, uh, Ash, but well, no. <laughs> take it from me: the first two are a bit more action packed, and the third one's a lot of courtroom drama, and it's about three hours long. Right. So, if you're really into the Godfather, you're probably going to really enjoy the Godfather Part Three. But if you're not, I like John Grisham books, so that's a... yeah. Hey, I'll tell you yeah. what: it's worth worth having a watch if you're not seeing the Godfather movies. Just a, on a tangent, if you've got a bit of time over the holidays. <laughs> oh, on the press though when I did the research for the all I was doing for the ghost of Christmas present stuff I looked at it and, and what happened was Balloon Gate kicked it off and then there was quite a few things written and, uh, about it Grush come out there was quite a lot of interesting Grush and there's quite a lot of articles there then the acts come out and there was quite a lot of interest there you had stuff in the Guardian and all the rest of it and then after the hearings, I think there was something changed and the, the decision was made, I think, whoever these people are, to shut it down. And it all stopped. The, the Senate hearings stopped, but the press coverage stopped dead. You know, I think in the Church Commission where they had a lot of control over editors, owners and all the rest of it. And when I looked at it again, preparing for this and, and thinking about it, I think there's definitely a lot of influence sort of used that i mean i know it sounds very conspiratorial but there was definitely a push to shut it down so for me it was a bit of a year of sort of two halves up to july it was great and then it was shut down and i think that indicates that they've realized they've sort of nowhere to go but they got they're going for it the other side of it and interestingly coming back to that 
pitches like we were talking about last time. I think provenance is important. Pitch on its own won't do anything, but if it's verified by the government or whoever, if people wear, then it does become important. But I think what's come clear to me this year, uh, and we've talked about it before on the pod, people, I think people will really have to be convinced because I think in the back of their mind, a lot of them think it is true, but they don't want to acknowledge it. I think people are more aware of it now. People, are, you think about acknowledging it, and I think we're going to have to virtually, or metaphorically, grab them by the scruff of the neck, make them look at a look at a picture, and give them incontrovertible proof because people don't want to believe it. And I think that's a factor. So there's two things in play there, and I think the the, the people, the, the agencies who are trying to suppress it, know that because it's one thing having interesting UFOs in the sky, and it's all a bit of a mystery. But when it's becoming real, like it is now. People won't want to buy into that because it's so shocking. And I think that's a fact. I may be over-egging it a bit. So I noticed those two things this year, but definitely a lot of press control being exerted, which I wasn't sure about before. And the fact that people will have to be properly convinced because you know, of that factor. And we talked about it, the will to be ignorant, we called it, Frank, in a pod about a year ago or so. And it's that sort of thing, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think it's uh, it's been a bit of an eye opener in terms of, you know, as you say, it sort of sounds a bit conspiratorial, and, and you know, I, I I really try and avoid anything, you know, unnecessarily conspiratorial. But as we know, conspiracies are a thing, you know, and uh, organisations and groups do conspire to do certain things, and they have done in history, and that's that's been proven. Um, but you know, in in this case, it does seem striking the kind of coordinated nature of the way that certain articles have come out at certain times and things like that. And obviously, you know, to shape narratives, as, as we've mentioned on the podcast before, every time Arrow are going to put a report out, they preempt it with a TV interview and that kind of thing. You know, I think at the very least, it's it's pretty clear that there's a, a, a direct attempt to shape that narrative. Um, and to what extent that actually you know, goes into is, is I suppose debatable, but I think it's clearer than ever now that there's definitely that manipulation of information going on to, to sort of present a narrative a certain way, which is, you know, so again, I suppose we've, we've kind of suspected that, but it's become a bit more in sharp focus, you know, recently. Um, but yeah, what do you reckon, Ash, anything further to add on, on all of that? Uh, just like it seems to have been like, as well as the media, you know, the whole kind of topic seems to be a bit quiet lately. Obviously, the the kind of the amendment got shut down, uh, or whether it's just because we've been spoiled over recent years, where there's always seems to be a lot of stuff happening. Whereas recently, last few months, just seems to just be quiet in general. Like we sort of not really seen any videos that released or new names or anything. Whether it's just because like whether it's been shut down or whether we've just been spoiled uh, in recent years, it just seemed like we do something. Um, something different or something new just because there hasn't been anything really like for the past few months if that's just me yeah I know, I know what you mean I think it feels to me like um, I, I don't know I mean it's just my perception of it but I think the the nature of the pushback and the nature of that legislation being sliced to pieces has, has perhaps been a bit you know, unexpected, you know, the extent of it. Yeah. The pushback was expected, you know, like all the various kind of ex-insiders, you know, your disclosure 
advocates like Lou Elizondo and whatnot have talked about how, you know, there's always a plan B and a plan C. But, you know, I think this has got to be, you know, perhaps unexpected. The extent of it is, is perhaps unexpected, even f- for those folks that would have expected that pushback because this was, it seemed pretty, pretty bold, really. You know, a real game changing piece of legislation. Um, put mm. forward like this and then for it to get all the way through with virtually no barriers and then right at the last minute it gets shut down and obviously as we know we've discussed quite a bit the the, the key uh, individuals who, who were responsible for shutting it down also you know coincidentally just also happened to be the ones who were getting the you know the the largest amounts of funding from defense contractors um I, i've kind of seen it as just like that that pushback was so strong that the the various kind of you know stakeholders, if you will, um, who, who were playing a part in the, the transparency efforts, kind of just regrouping a little bit and figuring out what to do, you know, to go forward. Are we going to go with Plan C, Plan B, that kind of thing, um, you know? And, and 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 the people who you know that we keep hearing about who are who are going to come forward with more information about a lot of this, you know, perhaps even to be direct involvement and all the rest of it or, or whatever it might be, I think are probably just considering what the best path forward is. It's like Grush, for example. Grush is, you know, the, the things that he's talked about, I feel like it doesn't get discussed enough, really. You know, we, we're talking about somebody who's, who's said that he's in fear for his life. You know, I mean, he said that very clearly. It's, I mean, it's terrifying, isn't it, to think like, one minute you've got a, a very, you know, good job, you know, with, with excellent pension, all the rest of it, you know, doing well in life, you know what I mean? And then the next minute you're not in that job anymore and you're fearing for your life because of the reprisals of what you've tried to bring forward to the public. It's um, And he, he doesn't seem like the type of guy who would be, you know, going over the top about that. So anybody who's considering coming forward maybe is having to rethink, you know, not perhaps rethink whether they're going to come forward or not at all, but just you'd have to put extra precautions and stuff in place, wouldn't you? If you were if you were hearing things like what's happened to Grush and yeah, I I think it. I mean, if you think about it, oh, Kirkpatrick overplayed his hand at those hearings, and that really irritated a lot of people. And I think that brought forward Grush coming forward, as it were. I think he was going to come forward a bit later in the year, and he come forward, and that really shocked him. So they're a bit like somebody in the ring, you know, in a boxing ring. They're on the ropes for a bit and they kept getting... And the culmination for me was the hearings, you know, the acts, then the hearings. It was one thing after another. As I say, they slowly come back. But we could see this sort of shadow war after that, this hidden conflict we always talk about, because it's a bit tit for tat. One side would do one thing and then another would do another. Kirkpatrick did a rubbish report and then he said he'd been advised by legacy programme people. Sharp, Chris Sharp got the article about all these contracts of interest. They've all got in the Department of Defence and how they've all been the people charged with rooting out these programs who have actually been overseeing them for years and all the rest of it. Then we've got Lukatsky coming out about that craft revelations. You know, they actually had one and they've been inside one. Crazy stuff. And then the, the one, just as it was being gutted, they had that one about the CIA having that OGA uh, or your crash retrieval program where they were going around picking craft up from around the world and giving it uh, giving it straight to private aerospace, which I believe from Chris, that's pretty near the main core program. So, you know, what I'm saying is they come out as tit for tat, so there's a lot been going on and there's a lot of pressure being put on them and they just lost it at the end now. 
But I think we can see more of the same because the question really is, is there a plan B? Because we've got to assume they played a pretty good, you know, hand of, hand of poker, as it were, or game of chess so far. So I've got to assume there's a plan B because... But they were, I think they were really expecting this to happen as well because we had the Soul Foundation clearly set up to help the transition, talk to industry, talk to academic scientists. Then we had Danny uh, Sheehan's thing, the Paradigm Institute for the political side of it. So they're sort of setting up this infrastructure of disclosure and it's been set back. So we're sort of in a bit of Wild West territory now, aren't we, or the unknown territory? And it was going to go in a quite easy way or, or a, a controlled way, and now it could go the other way. I mean, that Soul Foundation, watching that, from what I can see, we haven't seen it yet, and we'll get on to that. But the, the, the main purpose of that, I think, was to get all these key opinion formers together in the UAP field. On the second day, uh, they put the fear of God into them about uh, what the consequences of an unplanned disclosure, you know, economically, politically, sociologically, and they were really saying to people, we've got to be measured in what we disclose and how and the time. And that was a big thing coming forward. So they obviously thought that that was, they were trying to prepare him to take, not take, not take office, but to take over in the task. And it sort of didn't happen. So yeah, it, it, I think we're at a real, you know, at the tipping point, really, what's going to happen. But it could get very messy next year, which we'll get onto, I know. Uh, and I wonder what the plan B is, which we'll talk about. But, yeah, I, it was fascinating to me, all this tit-for-tat stuff, as I say, and Kirkpatrick going as well. Uh, very, very interesting. Yeah, Kirkpatrick um, going is, is uh, well, I guess it was it right at the end of the year that he's, that he's going to be going up until. So I suppose he's kind of working out his last days then, eh? But that's... Right, but I think, yeah, I think he's effectively gone now. But you're right, yeah. he was right up to the end of this Because he's going to... He said he was going to write the first chapter of the history, didn't he? I hope he doesn't. Imagine that. With his investigative powers, nothing <laughs> happened. I think that was Dave's best Christmas present for this year, wasn't it, Kirkpatrick? Yeah, it was. Oh, God, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I to, I'm thinking I'll have to lighten up now on anybody else next. <laughs> After the the roasting I used to give him. Well, that, yeah, well-deserved. That, that's true, though, because that ties into a quite important point for what's going to happen going forward, which is to see what happens to Arrow. Because obviously nowadays we're all a bit grumpy about our role. We're all a bit sort of, you know, not particularly looking at our role in terms of getting any, any, you know, great information. Although I know you appreciate the reports that they do ask in terms of the, the citing, the graphs and all the rest of it. It's kind of something that's your area, that isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But um, seeing what actually happens to the new director and how Arrow actually, you know, what what happens to that that office moving forward is is going to be an interesting one to to see how that plays out. Um, and I think that, that you'd also mentioned about the um, Lukatsky, uh, obviously Dr. James Lukatsky, um, director of the, you know, completely verified US government UFO program. It kind of, you know, it amazes me really that we've basically got like an admittance there that, you know, what was it, like 15 years ago, the US government had a proper full-fledged funded UFO program. And I think sometimes that gets missed. You know, the significance of Lukatsky actually saying that, like there's all this argument about Luis Elizondo and there's all this argument about sort of like, you know, what eight it was, was it a program, was it not, da, da, da. People get lost in those arguments so much. But the important thing really there is that ORSAP, you know, was a proper 
US government UFO program. The director of that program has come out and spoke at length about what they did in that program. They did it for years. You know what I mean? It was funded. It was a significant sort of like amount of resources and, and capabilities and accesses that they had. And the director of that program, Lukatsky, this year came out and said, you know, publicly through via his, his book that was released that the, the US indeed has a craft of non-human origin, which they were able to gain access to the interior of. And obviously, we've not heard much more in terms of follow-up information on that. Uh, for good reason, because Lukatsky has said that he's he's, he's going to try to get more information to be cleared uh, by Dopsa for the future. And now I know that can be quite a long process, so whether or not we actually see that in 2024 is another question. But obviously, Grush um, is also trying to get further information cleared via Dopsa as well. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see it play out. But yeah, for me, that was quite a big one, Lukatsky saying that. When you think about the significance of who it is that's saying it, and obviously I made quite a big deal with that on, on my pod at the time, talking about how he's basically the equivalent of Kirkpatrick. Can you imagine if Kirkpatrick said that? Do you know what I mean? If he came out and said, yep, yeah, we've, we've got a craft of non-human origin and we've gained access to the interior of it, it would have been a massive, wouldn't it? But... It's crazy how just because he's the current director of a UFO, you know, sort of investigative group within the US government, that attaches more weight. But Lukatsky was only doing it 15 years ago, and he said that really directly, really unambiguously. It's, it's pretty wild to think, isn't it? But, yeah, um, anything you wanted to add on that, Dave or Ash, about Lukatsky and any other things that have happened this year that you want to touch on that I've not mentioned there? I, I, I was going to say about the contrast between what Lukatsky's crew did, the RSAP crew, and what Kirkpatrick did, because they were really trying. Lukatsky, in two years, they'd cracked a lot of stuff, and he did absolutely nothing, Kirkpatrick, in comparison. He was just trying to shut it down. And Arrow, if the gap would have gone through, would have just been a sort of a subordinate, a subservient, I should say, to the uh, set up the review panel and all the rest of it, but they're going to set up around it, so it wouldn't have mattered so much. Arrow still is persisting, but we've seen it's been controlled. While it's controlled by the DOD and those people who've all got these conflict conflicts of interest, I think we've got to worry about it. I'm, I'm, it all depends, if you remember, who takes control of it, and that was a big debate near the end of this year. Who gets control of it, and that'll be the big signal of who actually, uh, you know, which direction this thing, this is going in, really. So, yeah, I, I think uh, I think there's been some brilliant articles from Chris Sharp as well. And I also think uh, we've been very focused this year on the Grush thing and the politics. But there's also been, and we won't get into it now, that I, when I was doing that original Ghost of Christmas Present thing again, so there's a few other areas. One that struck me was the international perspective and how much sightings have increased. And, you know, sightings around the world and, and what impact will that have? And the other thing was people didn't talk so much about abductions, but there was a big rise in talk about consciousness and what are the beings uh, and talk about the, the religious aspects of it and all the rest of it. So there has been quite a lot of other stuff developing around this in sort of the background, but we've been very focused on for obvious reasons on the the fight because the main battleground is obviously this politics it's the only it's the key as i consistently keep saying it's the only way they're going to get the secrets out through it's the only method of accountability or you know key they've got 
to get this stuff out. So we've focused on it, but there's been a lot of other things happening, particularly in terms of the from what things I've read, the volume of sightings and all the rest of it has been quite significant around the world, you know, and people's reactions to them in different governments. So, yeah, I, I think there's a few other things, and these might start coming to the fore this year as well. Uh, we don't know what's going to come out, do we? So it might be a bit more eclectic what we see in 2024, you know, in terms of topics, because this won't be the main focus. Or it may be, I don't know, depending on the leaks. Yeah, so it's a really good point, Dave. I'm glad you mentioned that as well. Some of the, the wider kind of issues within the UFO topic, because as you say, we have been, um, you know, definitely I, I, I and we on the podcast have, have, have been focused on, you know, the, the huge story of Grush coming forward and, um, of course, the comments by Lukatsky and, and what Arrow's up to and that kind of thing, because it's kind of a quite a pressing concern, you know, something that's... that's uh, you know, unprecedented progress in terms of getting transparency from from the government and whatnot. So obviously we focused on that, but certainly something I've been thinking about quite a bit, funnily enough, since I've been having a little bit of time off for, for, for Christmas as well is, you know, what it must feel like to be somebody who, you know, has been abducted or somebody who's had a profound sighting that has completely changed their life. And do you know what I mean? Like, because people don't just see something like that and then just crack on with day-to-day -day life as normal, do they? It's like a, it can have a huge impact on people and um, all around the world, of course, as well, not just the States, you know, people are having these kind of sightings and abduction experiences. And, um, and, and it is quite surprising that that's not really, even amongst the UFO community, it's not like a, a main area that people are looking at but as you say dave that that may well you know change as, as we move along um but yeah what do you reckon ash yeah on that point <clears throat> with experiences and abduction uh cases i i mean I, I speak to a lot of people who've had sightings a lot of experiences uh throughout their life and even just the one off type of stuff and kind of when they talk about sort of what's happening in the news what's happening in america sort of the most common kind of response I get when I ask them what they think of it is, I don't care what they say. I know what's real because it's happened to me. And they literally don't have any interest or don't have much interest in what's happening because to them, they'll never, they they say that they'll never get, we never hear the full truth from them, whereas they know the truth already. So you don't really pay much mind to it. And I guess for a lot of these people, they've had like a lifetime or years of, ridicule from within the community as well uh, about their experiences. I guess it's just like a kind of, I don't really care what people think, whether it's the government, whether it's other people, I have my experience and that's that's all that's all I can go off. Um, and, and Dave mentioned about sightings going up and stuff around the world. I've just been looking at the figures for this year and there's a massive increase in August of reported sightings in the UK, um, like literally double like from July to August. I think whether that was kind of the height of it with gross and everything, maybe that's why we saw a big increase in August. Then kind of dropped down a little bit going into uh, the autumn. Yeah, just kind of looking at the the, the figures side of it. Um, but I guess, yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, of... Kurt Patrick brought that heat map out as well again, or he did it, you know, of sightings near mil US military facilities. And I think that I think it might be that other countries are talking about it more and there's more information being released as well. I mean, I go back to that thing in 22 where they said there was an exponential rise in sightings of the Senate Intelligence Committee. So there must be something to make them think that. And you get the impression there's more activity 
around military stuff, but you also got the impression people are looking at it more as well. So, mm. yeah, I, it's always, always it's hard to tell that. And if there is a rise, what does that mean? You know, we've seen a rise in tension around the world. I don't want to get too worried about it, but we've seen a rise in tension around the world. We've seen a rise in activities. But if those two things are a correlation, then does that indicate, uh, again, you know, there may be some event or whatever, or I don't know, but you know what I mean? Is there, is there a correlate? Because that was one of the things I was asking myself when I was thinking about what I've gone on this year. Interesting just to note, by the way, when you see that heat map Kirkpatrick produced, Sharpie told me this, there's no sightings in Europe. Well, there was actually loads of sightings in Europe when I looked. But it's the US Air Force that handled that reporting, and surprise, surprise, they didn't report anything. There's a big gap if you look at that map in Kirkpatrick. They have lots of military facilities on the ground in Europe, the Americans, but there's no sightings mentioned because the US Air Force are in charge of that mainly, I think. So uh, there you go. Of the radar anyway and all that, yeah. So uh, well, it was the Navy and the other bits. Anyway, that's a bit of a sidetrack. The point is reporting is, it is very important. But generally speaking, that, yeah, that, that increase in sightings is very interesting. And we've got the... The thing about what is going to be this international response, we've still got the San Marino thing on the back burner, although I understand it's had a bit of a setback because there's been a bit of a regime change. It makes it sound like a military junta. They've had a change in administration in San Marino. So, But if that gets to the UN, uh, it's again that thing about uh, disclosure may become international and what does that mean? And that was another thing. That's the, for me the rising sightings and talking about it was quite important as well, you know because uh, that's where this may want to go. And I think that the people who want to see disclosure sort of prepared that ground quite carefully with the San Marino stuff. That wasn't by accident. I think there's a plan to take it to the UN in the end and, you know, to have some sort of a talk about it. I mean, I've no evidence. I'm no, other than circumstantial in my own analysis, which is just me, uh, but I do think that's definitely a current we should keep our eye on in the next year. Yeah, I'd be interested to see. Uh, presumably, Ash, have you got um, a sighting report type thing coming out similar to what you did last year? Uh, yes, that's usually ready by the start to mid uh, February because we tend to give it a month after each month finishes, just for sightings to kind of come in. We're up to mid November uh, with our data uh, for this year, and to, I mean, on the whole, do seem to be down on last year, like as a year. Uh, it was very, very quiet early in the year in terms of sightings uh, being reported. Uh, so we do probably will be down on last year. Cause last year was a big increase from 2021. Uh, it looks like it's come back down to kind of the same level. If they should, but yeah, the next month or month and a half, that would be uh, a lot of finished and published. Worth saying, that. it's a lot of graph, that, isn't it, mate, that you do. And, you know, it's worth people realise it, it costs you a lot of time and some resource, so... People should always try and support yourselves if they can. UFOs identified. I don't want to sound. I know you give me a fiver early to say that, but, no. <laughs> but, but it really is a lot. I do admire all the work you do because it's that sort of work. Cause it's really important. How many times has that been cited? That work or it's come up in the conversation. If you hadn't have been doing that, we'd have nowhere to go on the sightings. It might come up politically. It's important there. That is really important work to do, and uh, the boots on the ground stuff you do as well. So important as basic evidence. 
Nice one, yeah. Cheers, Dave. Yeah, def- definitely, and I'll, I'll I'll second that there with a little uh, tip of the cap to you, Ash. Uh, it's is, and I think you know, testament to the actual work that you do as well is is how often it gets picked up as well by um, you know news channels and and papers and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And there was that. What was that article that you did recently as well that you were involved in? Uh, did, did the big article with GQ magazine, which was a really good. Uh, article. There's also another kind of researchers around the UK um, looking at it. And this this year we've been over. We featured in over 100 uh, articles, TV shows, radio interviews. Uh, we just get all the time. Like like they you both said, we get picked up all the time and publishing our data and stuff like that. So. So yeah, it's been it's been, it's been so a good important. year. Yeah, yeah, well deserved, mate, and, and fair play to you. Uh, long may it continue. Um, so I think that about wraps up where we've where we've been. Uh, where are we going is the next question. Uh, what are we likely to uh, to see as as we move along? Uh, of course, Dave, uh, you mentioned about uh, Gary Nolan's Soul Foundation uh, held its first uh, proper event this year. Uh, with involvement, of course, from uh, Man of the Year, as, as we've now crowned him, Dave Grush, um, and the Soul Foundation are bringing together uh, scientists, academics, and experts, and, uh, and and kind of really getting some interesting conversations uh, going. It's going to be interesting just in general to see what the Soul Foundation do as they move along. Um, of course, that particular event was invite only, um, but we can expect to see the actual talks from that um, from the various guests to be released on, uh, on online. I'm not exactly sure. I was going to say YouTube, but I'm not sure. But the videos are planned for release in, in early January. Uh, I am reliably informed. Uh, and also upcoming is a, an op-ed, uh, essentially like an article uh, opinion piece from Dave Grush, um, which I think, fair to say, is, is partly in reaction to the gutting of the legislation. Uh, Grush himself described that as one of the worst failures in the history of the United States Congress. Um, you know, it didn't mince his words on that one. Um, but what will that opinion piece actually contain? You know, I've been racking my brains about that. Like, you know, he's not, it's an interesting thought because, like, he's not going to be able to talk about anything he's not had cleared. Presumably the concept of it being an opinion piece is that he can give an opinion perhaps on, on certain things, like come a bit closer to a line of, uh, you know what I mean, without crossing the line sort of thing. If he said, I know from my experience that this is there and this is there, you can't say that without clearance from Dobson. But do you think there's perhaps room, Dave, for like um, Dave Grush to e- express some some opinions without perhaps going into any sticky territory? What do you reckon, Dave? Well, I think he's had a pattern of clearing things more through Dobson, more detail, so I presume that's what he's going to do. I think he's pushing it as well because this legal issue, he's sort of saying, if you don't let me say what I'm going to say, well, I'm going to take you to court. But I think he's really pushing them. So if you think about what he has talked about, apart from, I'm, I know I've said it a couple of times over the, this last year, but he's talked about the existence of non-human intelligence, possession of bodies and craft. We've got materials, treaties, which I still keep, blows my head off to think about that. Uh, some hostile action they've done, reverse engineering programs, from the since the war, you know, cult arms race with other nations, big internal cover up, misappropriate. So I think if he just talks about more of them things, you know, it just depends what's the button to press with everybody. And more generally, I think with the grush thing, 
Well, well, let's go. I'll stop on Grush for a moment. I don't know what Ash thinks about that, what he might say. I, come, I want to come back on some of the wider stuff about leaks as well. So I've got some ideas what that might cover. Uh, well, Soul Foundation, I don't really know. Not really been keeping up to kind of up to speed on that one. Um, so I'll probably pass back uh, regarding the, the whistleblowers. But if, with the thought I kind of had on that, what I touched on before with this, with the legislation being quashed, is that could either cause either people not coming forward because because of obviously what's happened to Grosh and all that stuff happening. But then because it has been quashed, whether that will cause people to come forward because they're thinking, okay, they, they're not going to do it this way. Like, we're going to have to do it kind of leaking stuff out rather than doing it yeah. properly. So we've kind of got two thoughts over whether it would cause more or cause less. Uh, so I think that would be like, sort of interesting to see uh, coming into next year. Well, well, to pick it up then, just to, if we are going to see those leaks, I, I've been thinking what possible leaks might we see? Because I think you're right, Ash, it's a good point. Because it's a bit of a risk. I mean, I've been talking to Frank about it. So it's a bit of a risk if you come forward and maybe you can address this when you come back in. You know, because if you're not doing it under the umbrella of the proper process like Russia's done, you're risking a lot, you know. So, mm. but equally, we keep hearing, right? Well, if you're going to do it, if you're going to be like that, we're going to start leaking. And uh, so, on the one hand, we've got, I thought, what could happen? And this maybe goes to the Grush piece as well. They might, what it might be, who the contacts have been with the, what sort of contacts have they had, what communication have they had, sort of, of people, they have, beings in captivity, detail of what's been recovered when, where, actual sites, confirmation of all the big cases we've heard of. Might be some kind of footage. Might even be footage of a meeting interview. I mean, oh, I'm just speculating here, by the way, just, just to give you the eye the flavour. Could be a load of tracking data coming out. Might be some evidence of people who've been bumped off, clear evidence of that. Might be evidence of misappropriation of funds as well. Might be information on the sort of races, categories, or whatever you call different species is probably a better phrase, alien sort of species, and what the categories are. I mean, crucially, all these things are going to need provenance or they're not worth much. So even though that's the other interesting thing, but I heard Danny Sheehan last night on the Thomas Fessler show, Disclosure Tonight, and he was saying that uh, if we don't hear anything, he's going to start doing, because he's got all set up, investigative people like he did in other legal cases where they're going to go out and interview people he's thinking of doing it a court of human opinion of uh, human opinion approach or public opinion approach you know so they might stream testimony from experts get people in ask them questions release the, the research stuff they've been doing you know uh, so they might just do their own uh, DIY disclosure based on other things could be a lot of stuff happening, you know. People coming out, it might be influential people coming out saying, yes, I was involved. I, I don't know how the leaks are, because there's a number of ways they could go. But I think the, probably the safest way to go is to talk in generalities and just try and avoid the very secret specifics that you can get done for, as it were. And that's what we don't know where that line is, if you see what I mean, where, what you can and can't say, and that's what Grush is pushing. So I think it could... Uh, my sense is that they are, they're not going to take it lying down and they're going to go because the people, they, if they don't do it now in the next year or something, it could all sort of die off again. I don't think it'll die off completely. I don't think the toothpaste can be put back in the tube to that extent. But I do think it could die off a little bit. So I think having played the card, started the game as it were, they need to try and finish it. And so they're going to, I think the balance of probabilities is going to be a lot more leaks because they're talking about I mean, it's going to be quite significant, but it's got a shock factor. 
and it's got to convince people. That's the key thing. Uh, it's got to have some sort of key provenance, and that's the difficulty. But yeah, so I think yeah, that'll do that. Sorry, Frank. I uh, I thought you probably wanted to come back in there. Hey, no, you're all right, Dave. No need to apologise. Um, but yeah, the, just to pick up on that you were talking about there is uh, earlier on as well, the treaties thing, again, is absolutely mind-boggling, isn't it? And, you know, I, I sort of described that as being what I consider to be on slightly more shaky ground in terms of being able to verify it and that kind of thing. But, you know, at the end of the day, I've already sort of gone on and on about Grush and how his background's impeccable and that kind of thing and he's done his he's done his research on these people he's interviewed and if he's come to the conclusion that you know it, the treaties may be something that, that has taken place it's really interesting to think and you know are we going to perhaps see anything in his his op-ed about that you know that'll be uh, one to keep an eye on and certainly how it develops over over time as well um but yeah do you know what you were saying Ash about you know people who are already thinking about coming forward might get put off and that kind of thing. And, and potentially, or, or could it be, you know, new people might be inspired, you know, to come forward after seeing the nature of the pushback against Grush and that kind of thing. I think you probably, you know, it could be quite likely we could see both of those things happening. People who mm. are already on thinking about coming forward may well see what's happened and think, actually, do you know what? I'm not going to bother. Not that I'm not going to bother, but, you know, it's not worth the repercussions and, and that kind of thing. Um, every situation probably would be, you know, quite different, wouldn't it? Like some somebody in one situation might think that. Somebody who's in a different part of, you know, a different phase of their life and career might might look at it slightly differently depending on, you know where they were up to but it certainly could have an effect on on both of those sides but i was speaking to um matt ford uh from the good trouble show um i think it was last week or the week before um anyway quite recently he was on the uh, christmas episode as the ghost of christmas future and he made a really good point about leaks and um, which is it's very unlikely that anybody who's already got a protected disclosure i.e any of the people that grush has interviewed they're very unlikely to leak anything because, uh, or at least very unlikely to leak anything that is contained within their protected disclosure that they've already given in terms of giving information to the Inspector General or to, you know, to Congress or whatever it might be, or to Arrow. Because if they come out with very specific information as a leak and don't put their own name on it just because they want to get it out into the public eye, obviously the Inspector General or Arrow, whoever has got that protected disclosure, they're going to know that it's come from that person if it's specific information. So they're very unlikely to go down that path. I think if they if they're already in the system, as it were, they're probably not going to leak anything. However, people who aren't already in the system, you know, the people who who perhaps didn't have anything, you know, already ongoing in the pipeline, if they see all of this, the events of the last year, and they're inspired to come forward, but they think actually, do you know what? It's after seeing what's happened to Grush, after seeing how Arrow have treated the people who've actually gone forward. I'm not going to go through those legal channels. I am going to leak something. I think that's probably the scenario where we'd be most likely to see an actual, you know, a proper leak kind of thing, rather than just somebody going forward and pulling the whistle or blowing the whistle even. Um, that's, but yeah, it's. Um, I think that's probably a really, a really good point there of what we might might see in terms of in terms of leaks. And uh, what do you reckon, Dave? Well, I yeah, I think that's that's a maybe thing that when Matt said that as well, yeah, that is true. I mean, there is a lot of talk of another event as well, yeah. There's been a lot of talk of that, and Lou said something you might not think of, or but other people have said there's something else happening. It doesn't sound like 
a grush type thing, you know, or a, or a classic whistleblower thing that we're looking at. And I think that's a good point. They don't want to sort of, you know, mess up their own sort of testimony, do they, or approach they've spent ages on. So I don't know what that could be, but I get the impression it could be some big revelation, yeah? We've still got that guy who said he was trained up uh, as a kid, you know, by the Air Force. And I'm not, he's bringing this book out. And there's that to come out, which everybody's talking about, you know. But, uh, yeah, so I think there could be something else in the works as well. I mean, we've got Lou's book to come. Apparently Lou's doing a documentary as well. That's, we've got James Fox doing a document documentary. We might also see some new legislation as well. I mean, you know, trying to do it again. Or even Biden might even go, all oh, right, well, I'll do, I don't think he's going to do this, but, you know, do the act anyway, because he could do it. Anyway, getting back to the leaks, I think it could might be something, it will be something a bit different or parallel, yeah? And it, it'd be very interesting to see what that is. Yeah, so, uh, I, yeah, so I sort of agree with both, but, I'm really struggling to think what this other event could be. Uh, because I, I, in the past, when the government have thought about disclosing from my reading on it, they thought of doing like a public event, like, you know, a display or some sort of show where they'd have some alien bodies on show craft and like a run by NASA or NOAA or somebody where it's a bit of an exhibition they take round. So uh, whether it's something like that, I don't know. Or whether Danny Sheehan's the way forward, where they do their own investigation and but it's more verified. I don't know. Where, I, it's a real head scratcher, Frank. What it's going to be because people. So maybe it's this generalities thing, and so I don't know. But I think this other event is might be quite key, and I think Lou's book is definitely going to coordinate with something else, and it might be that. So yeah, that's why that's where I am with it. So wh where's that coming from? I hadn't heard about that. The the other event is that something Danny yeah. Sheehan's been talking about? Yeah, Th to be honest, I haven't looked up before we come on, but it's it's things a few people have mentioned it in pods and shows who are quite credible. I'm sorry, I can't remember who they are now, but it's like saying, well, something else is going to be. I mean, uh, there's a guy Exo Academia, and he's mentioned it. A couple of people on his shows, Nathan mentioned it as well, who we know from Cab. And I, but I've just heard people, James Fox made some sort of mention of it. And I cut, it's just been in the air of people when I've heard it being talked about. I thought, well, these people have got something about them, you know. And it's, it, the, the impression I get is it's some sort of publicity or something they're going to reveal that isn't what Grush has been talking about or Grush related or whistleblower related as such. So I get the impression it's going to be something more about an event. Or, you know, some sort of happening or sighting or evidence or something like that. Uh, so it's that's what I get, Frank, but I'm not sure it could equally be a book and some revelations by somebody else. Uh, or it might be, I don't know, a Grush Mark too, I suppose, somebody else coming forward who's worked on the craft. So I'm sorry I'm a bit vague, but next time we speak, I'll chase it down a bit. But it's something I've definitely heard from people who I would normally listen to. It's some sort of parallel event I get the impression of. It's not some ET event or anything like that or any government event. It's sort of a planned something that the team disclosure are going to do or somebody's going to do. But, uh, so they, I hope that, I don't know whether that makes it any clearer at all, really, but at least I've fleshed it out what I've heard, I suppose. Yeah, no, that that's great. I think it's uh, interesting to hear about what, what is... The, the word on the on the grapevine, as it were. Um, I think yeah. it's it's funny you mentioned this earlier, Dev. I know we we spoke about it a bit um, over the last few days. Is 
it, it struck me when I was listening back to that show we did at the end of 2023, it seemed like there was a really clear direction where we were going. We'd heard about this whistleblower is coming forward. The legislation was like, you know, people talk about it as the disclosure train. It was full steam ahead, you know, at that stage in time. And we've hit a bit of a snag <laughs> over the last month or so. Yeah. And there really isn't the same clear path forward, I don't think. We, we're, we're currently waiting for, you know, what's actually going to happen. But also... Uh, very interestingly as well, um, there's a lot of you, – you, you just mentioned it as a, like parallel things that are, that, are, that are going on as well. I think um, there's quite a lot of, of niche aspects within the UFO topic, like the, the consciousness thing and even studies into DMT and psilocybin and things like that that are going on around the world. And, you know, that the, the nature of reality itself is, is you know, being questioned for some time and there's a lot of interesting studies into that and how that might intersect with the, the UFO stuff uh, also just technology you know ai that's something i've been mentioning for quite some time now is that as ai continues to develop what's that going to do in terms of i mean ash it'd be like your dream imagine like um all of the sighting reports from around the world analyzed and and you know collated into a report by ai i mean at the moment it'd probably be a bit you know higgledy piggledy and there'd be all sorts of weird things going on in there because ai is saving me a lot of time well that's it <laughs> but, nice, but you know what ai is like you know a couple of years ago chat gpt was like really clumsy and you know you could hardly get a proper response out of it without it talking about something completely random and you know punctuation in the wrong places and stuff like that you know in the early days might, might have been more than a couple of years ago but nowadays it's absolutely amazing what 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 can be done and it's advancing so rapidly you know we hear about that um what is it the david milder's thing called the national ufo uh, record center and uh, david yeah, yeah. david Mar was putting this massive database together and he's kind of inheriting databases of you know huge filing cabinets of reports from all these other researchers i think we've talked about it before philip mantle has donated all of his files to him and a database like that if it could be digitized and ai was able to actually you know scan through it and pick out trends and generate reports from it and that kind of thing it could change the game really it could really give some different insights and and funnily enough that's exactly what jacques valet was attempting to do with the orsap database yeah. that was his key involvement and that shows how ahead of the curve valet's thinking i suppose you know it is and is and was you know because he was talking about doing this nearly 20 years ago you know it's um but now with how good ai is Back then, you'd have probably needed a computer the size of a room to do that. But now, obviously, it's AI is becoming unbelievably capable and more accessible to everybody. And it's fascinating to think how that's going to, uh, you know, going to uh, affect the UFO side of things. And of course, that that human angle as well, like we talked about earlier on. I think I'm definitely, you know, guilty as it were of, of focusing on the the progress on the political side and, and being excited about what the tech's like, etc. But the reality is, if we're really are being visited by non-human intelligences the the sightings and and more to the point those abductions that people have reported for decades they take on a bit more of a somber tone you know if it's people are reporting being taken from the homes against the will and mm. had some terrifying experiences and as this topic moves along if we start to see some kind of official or semi-official acknowledgement from like world powers i think we'd look back on certain people's accounts and experiences in a new light same thing, actually, you could say about the nature of reality, you know, the, the consciousness and all that kind of thing. As that progresses, 
how is that going to affect how we look back at people's individual experiences? And, um, you know, there's also the thing of the people who claim to be able to interact with the phenomenon, you know, CE5, Heist, basically the the practice of focusing your mind to be able to contact with a non-human intelligence. And it's been going on, you know, this whole time. You know, I've spoke about it years mm-hmm. ago on the show, but not really been into that angle much recently because of what other things that have been going on. But I've seen videos of... I've seen, to be fair, I've seen a lot of videos of satellites and meteors and Starlink, you know, from from some of that crowd. <laughs> but having said that, though, you know, I've seen very interesting videos as well of things doing right angle turns and you know, so things that that genuinely don't seem right. And how's that angle going to progress? You know, going forward, it's mm. a lot to keep an eye on, isn't there, Ash? What do you reckon? <laughs> yeah, because I mean, I'm not sure I've mentioned this on around table or not previously, but I gave a talk in Wales in October, which was one of my highlights of the year. And one of the questions at the end, we did a Q&A. Someone, asked, someone in the audience asked, so if, if we do get the truth, we get disclosure, kind of what would that mean for you and your work and stuff? And my answer was kind of, well, it's not going to change what we do. We, we do our events, we do our support, we give places where people who have experiences can go. And that whether we get the truth or not, these people still had experiences. These people still need support. They still need people that they know they can go to and talk to. We've had people come to us that have kept their story secret for 30 years. And the first time they told anyone in 30 years is at one of our meetings or just to me. And that's kind of why we, we do it, to give people that place to to go. And like I say, in sort of the whole floor and flurry of everything happening kind of officially and in America and the UK, do they, don't they, all this stuff. When it comes down to the bottom line for what for what we do, it's about the people. It's about the, the community. And these people that have had nowhere to go, that have been ridiculed their whole life, that have felt scared, people that have got trauma, got PTSD because of their experiences, they're, they're still going to need somewhere to go to have that support in place. Whether it might make it easier to give that support, whether there can be somewhere like, obviously there's, there's charities and stuff coming out now that are looking at how to kind of support people. And whether it would increase that side of it, which should be good. But like for us, it's about the people. It's about people that had experiences. That's why with with UFO Identify, we look at the sightings, the experiences, the reports. We go out and meet these people. We go out and meet witnesses, experiences. We put events on. We put meetings on so people can come and have somewhere to go. And that's what it kind of will always be for us. And whether whatever happens kind of in America, that's sort of going to be the bottom line for, for what we do, which is for me, the most important kind of part of it on, in that sense. That's a very obvious. Some of the meetings I've been to, a lot of the people who we've spoken to, the ones in Manchester have been to mainly, so people are talking about experiences. There's nowhere else they could have gone to talk about that mm-hmm. and have people listen, and we've had some really good yeah. chance there with people. And people would be laughed at, but, uh, you know, if no, they wouldn't, oh, you can't guarantee that. But, yeah, you wouldn't have been able to have that conversation, but it's really important. And the normal people, and I think because you're rooted in, on the ground, you know, grassroots stuff and boots on the ground. I think it's always, you know, you're at the source effectively, aren't you? And it's sort of, it always has that sort of mission. I mean, I don't, as you were saying this, I know it's not mutually exclusive. You can still have the analysis and all the rest of it. But yeah, that is, that is really important. And how many people quote stuff, you know, like going back to your report and other things and other people on the ground, that's sort of the ammunition, the fuel, isn't it? That keeps things going mm. as well as providing that vital support as well. Uh, could I just go back to something else just quickly, Frank? I know we're just on the, in terms of the, 
I would know in terms of what's happened. Uh, they always say, don't they, the first casualty of battle is the battle plan. And I think that's a bit of what's happened. As the forces have joined after the speech, the battle plan's gone out of the window a little bit. So I think we're seeing what's going to happen next and everybody's sort of squaring up to each other in terms of what's going to happen with the leaks. And I do think they've planned for it a little bit. On the AI front, there's a great interview with James Iron Dolly with a guy, I forget his name now, it's gone from my mind, but uh, he, he was... Uh, him and his dad did a lot of work on it. It was a recent interview doing evidence, crash retrieval evidence and document stuff. And he's done a book uh, on I'll tell Frank, you can put it in the notes later, what the book is and the, the person's name. Whereas AI and U, UAP, I ordered it for him, it should be coming tomorrow. And he asked the, this new AI you now a lot of quite sophisticated questions about the trends, what's going on and what does it mean. It sounds fascinating, somebody answered. So AI... I think he's going to have a massive impact. It's just about transporting, thinking in ways maybe humans can't, and just being across all that data. Some of it would take a human being or even a team of people, maybe years or months. That can do very, very quickly, and that's really, really going to help us, I think. And I think if you're doing both, then asking the next set of questions. So I think that's going to be, I think you're right, perhaps we're very powerful. Uh, and on the uh, sort of ra the, the racist thing and the consciousness thing, I think it's it's quite important to think about how that that might look in terms of uh, what the nature of the of the beings are. I mean, because there's two, two possibilities potentially. One that it's all interdimensional and the different consciousnesses. With I don't think there's two. I'm going to come white. I don't think there's two. But there's the consciousness are coming in, they're having this impact, and they're very different entities to us coming from a different dimension because of the nature of consciousness and reality. Or it's people who've got technology who sort of understand how the universe works, the properties of consciousness and time, and they're able to manipulate it like that slide nine stuff and just manipulate. So you've either got a nut, somebody in our dimension who, who can manipulate their deeper understanding of the universe, or you've got very different entities that are coming through and the sort of stuff that you do with a lot on your podcast, a paranormal podcast. And I've come to think it's looking at it quite deeply. I mean, it's sort of both. Because I think this year has shown, listening to the people talking, a lot of the craft and stuff they're talking about, I've got an extraterrestrial origin. Most of the people seem to think that they were dealing with it. But I still think there's a lot of evidence of other things as well that we see all the time. So I think what we're seeing is a much more sophisticated and detailed set up about the set of entities that we're dealing with. And that, to me, is what's come across. It made me think about it. And I think this thing about consciousness is going to be really, really important because there's also a lot of religious ideas in there. And I was on Cab the other night, uh, Colin Albee's podcast, talking about this. Because there's a lot of religious ideas, a lot of philosophy, more than you think about, because they deal with these sort of issues about spirit and spirits and, you know, different types of ideas and it's very easy to jump very quickly into a sort of religious philosophy to explain things and get down that path when it could be something else but it's really really it's a real melting pot at the moment about what does it mean and with people saying oh it's all in your mind it's, there's no reality and other people saying it's all nuts and bolts i think we're seeing a much more sophisticated mix and it's in that sophistication where all these different things are happening and that's why I think it's interesting with what you're doing a lot, Ash, and your paranormal stuff, you know, on that podcast and the UAP stuff. So that's why it's coming together a lot more because there's a natural connection of 
this whole thing and what it means in one way or the other. So it's really, really interesting. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be uh, a lot of areas to to keep an eye on, uh, and a lot of those other areas outside of of specifically U- UAP as well, UFOs, like you know, just to be fair, just general politics. Like whoever gets elected in the states is going to make a huge difference to this. The way some of these global conflicts play out is going to make a, a difference to to all of this as well. Um, obviously, as we mentioned, studies into consciousness and and all that kind of thing as well. And one that um, I meant to mention earlier is some of these uh, studies into ancient civilizations as well. Something that um, you know, I, I know me, me and you talk about quite a bit, Dave, um, off, off the podcast. You know, there's there's quite a lot of advances in in scientific analysis of ancient artifacts, and you know. Um, seem to be pointing towards the existence of a much more advanced technology than what we thought um, in terms of the precision of ancient Egyptian vases and, and some of the statues and structures and things like that. Uh, stuff, stuff that's, I mean, because that, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. Ancient aliens has kind of really created a stigma around all that sort of stuff. As soon as you mention anything to do with Egypt and advanced technology, people assume that you mean like oh the aliens built the pyramids but you know it's not necessarily that simple there could be some kind of common thread that perhaps an ancient civilization who, who existed on this planet be using some kind of technology that taps into something about the universe that we haven't quite grasped yet and perhaps you know if there is non-human intelligence visiting the planet maybe they use that same kind of aspect of reality to fuel you know the way that they do things not literally fuel it but you know what i mean like there could be some things that they understand about reality that that they can use technology in a way that we haven't figured out yet and perhaps if there was an ancient civilization on this planet before that got wiped out or whatever you know maybe they had, had figured out some aspects of that um it's very interesting to think about how all of these separate branches are all kind of progressing and, and how they might start to cross over. But I think in terms of, as I was saying, last year's festive roundtable, we had a very clear idea of what was going to happen. This year's a bit feel like stepping into the great unknown in a way. Um, the, the, thing, the two concrete predictions I would have is that we're going to see those videos from the, the Soul Foundation in, in January and Dave Grush's op-ed. Um, obviously, there's various other bits as well, like... Um, we could see Lou Elizondo's book. We could see further things from Lukatsky. You know, there's, there's going to be, uh, you mentioned James Fox earlier, his film's going to be coming out, I think he said early summer. Whether that remains on schedule, I don't know. So there's going to be some interesting bits and pieces coming out along the way as well. Um, but I'm just excited to see how it all plays out, really. And I think, um, as, as we said last year, uh, it'll be interesting to come back to, you know, to, to this kind of conversation this time next year. And what are we going to be saying? Because, like, obviously, this year we're saying, "Wow, what a roller coaster this year's been!" Uh, is it going to be even more of a roller coaster in the next year? Is it going to be a bit of a, a bit of a damp squib? You know, we're just going to have to wait and see, aren't we? But anyone want to add anything before we wrap it up? I just feel like Corbell has got his button on publish, his finger on publish, ready for for something. To uh, he seems to have been quiet recently. I think he's got he's primed for. Something that's just a little prediction in the next probably month or so. Well, something from him. I think you're right, Ash. I think that, that I think you know. I think or somebody with this other thing. I think it's going to be something like some and to carry on the box of some massive uppercut that they're going to deliver. You know, but it's very hard to, for the establishment to deny 
And that's why I think we might see it as a bit of a bold prediction, I suppose. But that's what I think we might see, as well as some other stuff around the edges, something quite big that's, that's obviously got some good provenance that's mm. very hard to deny with people coming forward. Because I think they've got to sort of do that in a way now to keep to keep the ball rolling and not because I think I think the forces of non-disclosure really are hanging on by the fingertips now. They've shown their hand. By deliberately blocking that thing in Congress, the act, and it's because I think they've sort of been come out into the open, as it were. And I think that uh, I maybe I'm being optimistic. I don't want to be too optimistic, but I do think that's what what we're going to see. The other thing you touched on, Frank, is that I think we really need to realise the deteriorating situation in American politics and the backdrop of the election this year. And that may be that uh, it may have a weird, we won't be able to say it'll have a weird interplay on the topic. It may be that it's promoted or it may be that it's pushed back, but there could be some weird politics. They always have something called the October surprise in American elections. And that's when something just before the date of the election in November comes out. It was Hillary Clinton, if you remember that, with that FBI guy saying she'd hack, you know, I forget what it was, she'd give, people could see her emails. There's always something happened, some revelation where they try and destabilise the result of the election. So there could be something around UAPs then. But if this crush thing comes out and there is a big event, then Biden might use it as some sort of uh, tool or he might not. So, But that backs up. The situation in is also, I think, very serious internally in terms of the factions, the, the lack of the wet, this very extreme different size, the difference is very, very adversarial. And I think it's... it's uh, in some ways, the, the society, not the society, but the political system is quite destabilised at the moment. And so uh, that might play into things as well, the sort of internal politics in a way we can't quite predict yet. But yeah, I think uh, I think it is going to be quite a, a quite a wild ride, as you're as you sort of implying, really. And uh, yeah, I thought I'm very interesting to see where we go. But uh, if anything comes out about treaties, I think it's uh, of any proof. I think it's sort of game over, really. Uh, the only other thing, I suppose, is the question is as Grush's revelation sped things up in terms of what adversary do, adversary nations, and what they reveal. And also, and this is much more of a wild speculation, what the others might do as well. Yeah, we don't know. So that's more of a wild, that last one. But yeah. I think uh, it's absolute. I think the uppercut is the one I would say something big is going to come out. I think they need to do something like that tactically. And uh, then the Soul Foundation and all of them can move in and maybe pick the pieces up. I don't know. Well, we'll certainly see what we can come back to from these predictions and whatnot um, on the end of January roundtable. We'll see what we've got to talk about on that one, eh? And uh, obviously, as the as yeah. the year moves along as well, by the time we get to this time next year, I'll be interested to come back to you know see what we'd uh, what we predicted and 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 what actually mm. happened and whatnot. But um, yeah, I think we'll leave it there then uh, for t- for tonight. So uh, pleasure as always. Cheers, guys. Nice one. Happy New Year, everybody. Yeah, cheers, cheers Frank. It's great to talk to you, and I really enjoyed that. And it's talking about it, even 
just articulating it makes it, uh, you see all the different possibilities. So I really enjoyed that chat. I'll be thinking about it as well over the coming days. Indeed. Well, yeah, um, have a good uh, New Year. And if anyone's listening to this, it may or, it may already be New Year by the time you listen. So Happy New yeah. Year and all the best for 2024 to uh, everybody. Yeah, yeah. All right. Happy New Year, everybody. UFO Roundtable. The UFO thinker and pursuit of the paranormal podcasts.